0: Chief Miller is dedicated to featuring the men and women of the fire service from around the world. Chief Miller has a family of content creators who feature great people doing great things, making the fire service a better place. Make sure to follow along as Chief Miller creates, shares, collaborates,
1: and features the special people who call themselves firefighters. Follow along on Instagram at Chief underscore Miller. Find him on Twitter at Chief underscore Miller underscore. Like him on Facebook at Chief underscore
0: Miller number one. And watch for all the podcasts featured within the Chief Miller Media family. Make sure to check out ChiefMillerApparel.com for all your fire service apparel needs. I know you guys have heard me brag about them before, but I want to tell you again about my friends at BSWUSA.com and all they did for me to get into this Roadcaster Pro with these great MXL BCD-1 mics. And you know, when I started this project a year ago, I was working with a mic and an app on my phone to get the job done. I knew I wanted to upgrade, but cost was a factor. Well, don't worry about that factor anymore. Go check out out my friends at bswusa.com they've got some of the most affordable packages out there and they'll customize them for you too to get the right price point so you have some of the best equipment to put some of the pure sound out there so again go check out my friends at bswusa.com the K-Man Radio Show is proudly sponsored by some great firefighter-owned businesses, and we're going to talk about them here for a second, starting with my friends Peter and Nikki from AxCaps.com. If you're in the market for some quality apparel, what about direct-to-garment printing? Are you looking to bring your own brand out to the world? Well, go check out AxeCaps.com today. Peter and Nikki will be sure to take care of you. Also, Ian Sargent from South Florida at SGT Firebags. That's Sergeant Firebags, SGTFirebags.com. If you're in the market for a wash radio strap or a clean gear bag to protect you from the carcinogens out there, reduce that risk of cancer exposure. Guess what? SGT firebags has you covered. use canban for 10% off and my brother Herb Tyler from NRC for National Rescue Consultants. If you're looking to get usar educated from some of the best out there, go check out my brother Herb Tyler at NRC.com. That's National Rescue Consultants. Get off your ass, canners, and get ready for some extreme tabletop exercises. It's time for the Can Man Radio Show. And now your fearless leader, the senior canner himself, Jason Liska. (laughs) And yet again, where's Dale? Why not? Because it is. And I'm looking at a beautiful sunset out to the west right now. And, you know, it's uh, been a beautiful week so far. I've had some time off, some time to reflect and some time to enjoy, a little perspective. And I know there's a lot going on, guys. And obviously, we all want to maintain our integrity and our civility and... Well, that's a reason why we have this gentleman on today that we're going to introduce here in a moment. But I want to tell you guys right now, just uh, know that we're here for you, know that we're going to be around, and know that we're going to be by your side and and stand by you uh, as we persevere through this uh, cyclic uh, trial that we seem to be going through of of comedy of errors in some sense or another. But today, our guest is a gentleman who you might recognize. Uh, You've probably seen some of his videos on social media. He is the... uh, the executive editor of Fire Rescue One magazine. You find them online. Uh, He's a retired uh, chief out of Maryland. But, you know, Prince George's County wasn't enough. He had to go to West Virginia, and he decided to be the emergency manager at Mineral County, West Virginia. And then he came down here and said, no, I'm going to officially retire. I'm done. I'm done. No more. And he said, no, I'm going to go ahead and become the public safety director for Highlands County and an actor. So, hey, Chief Mark Bashore, thank you for coming on the show today.
1: Absolutely. How are you doing?
0: Oh, you know what? <laughs> That's a good question. It's a loaded question, but I'll be honest with you. I, I feel good. Um, it, it's, a, it's a great day to be able to wake up and smile. How about that?
1: Yeah, yeah no, absolutely, Jason. It's uh, having the opportunity just to uh, be looking down at the grass instead of up at the dirt. is always a good day.
0: I like to tell people that if you wake up, it's God's gift to you, right? He said, I gave you that mm-hmm. gift to open your eyes and embrace the day. So no matter what you, what you endure... There, there's a reason why you're enduring it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely, we face some unique challenges, and you know, I I reached out to you over the weekend, and we're going to talk about uh, more in depth why in a minute. But I reached out to you over the weekend over the video that you posted on on your your First Amendment rights, and I'm so grateful that you responded and your willingness to come on the show today because this is an important topic. And you know, as public servants, and I use that term servant uh, with, with with some meaning because we do serve our communities. We are indebted to them during the course of our Career, um, we have an obligation to uphold integrity, and we have an obligation to uphold standards, and also how we react when events occur. Because people look to us, right? People look to us for uh, that that solidarity and that 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 stout presentation that public safety professionals are supposed to present. Because in the co- in the face of emergency, who are the people that are solving the problems? It's well, your public safety, you know, your first responders. But again, we'll get there in a second we talked a little bit about you. I want to know more about you though. I mean, you're, you're sitting in Highlands County, probably outside of Sebring, Florida, which I'm pretty familiar with. And you're the public mm-hmm. safety director for that department. Not something you planned on uh, taking on when you moved to Florida. No. Not something no. at all, but here you are. So lead me up to this point now. Lead me up to this point. What brought you all the way down here and why?
1: So, you know, Florida was uh, where my, my mom uh, came when my dad passed away. And um, she had been down here for a while and then, um, she had a bout with, uh, breast cancer mm. and my wife and I both decided, uh, you know, we had been, uh, up in Maryland most of our lives and, um, that, uh, we were going to try and get a little bit closer to my mom. Okay. Uh, we had been near hers. And so that, that's really, um, the uh, family reason. Uh, but then of course, you know, Florida's uh, just a little bit warmer <laughs> than it is in Maryland. Uh, A little less snow and ice uh, than we have in Maryland, and uh, uh, frankly, a better tax uh, tax uh, climate.
0: Definitely. Uh,
1: So, as uh, we looked at those opportunities, uh, she uh, said, uh, "Anywhere but the coast," which is kind of unusual. Oh yeah, for Florida, she didn't want to have to evacuate every time there was a hurricane. So uh, (laughs) here we
0: ah come on, that doesn't always happen. You know, storms they veer past us. I mean, come on, it's
1: beautiful, right? Yeah, sure. It's, keep thinking it one day
0: yeah you know, i remember andrew in 92 it was like ah, don't worry about it it's not going to bother us the next thing you know oh it's mowing right over us well actually 50 miles right. south of us but it was like okay still close enough close enough yeah. you know i mean even but, if yeah just off coast they could still do a little damage though you know
1: yeah yeah and i mean this, this is uh you know people don't think of florida um I, I think people that aren't here don't realize it truly is just one big sandbar oh very true and, you know, in the, um, the the likelihood that one day something's going to happen, uh, you know, it's it's pretty high. But just as likely as California is sloughing off into the Pacific because of a, a, a earthquake, so pick your poison is uh, the way we are. And at least I'm warm.
0: Well, uh, you and I'll, I'll say this figuratively: you know, you've left Kansas when in Florida, being Kansas in this aspect, when when you drive into the next state up, and the first thing you see before a bridge is bridge will have ice before sure. it. It's okay. Well, now I've left the comfort of my warm tropical state, which definitely, Very, very used that. <laughs> and I've got family in 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 Woodbridge, Virginia, which is not far yeah. from the D.C. area. And I'll right. tell you, it's it's beautiful up there. But we were up there in November, and uh, oh, the, the the weather changes pretty quick up there. Some days it, it, we were there for five, six days, and it went yeah, from sunny it's and good... boom, you know.
1: Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. But, so, yeah. So, you know, coming down here and uh, wasn't like you said, wasn't here for the job, but yeah. uh, they were through some turmoil locally and uh, had a an assessment done of, of their process and uh, decided they were going to try to do something. I just happened to be at the right place at the right time, offered my assistance. And here we are.
0: And so retirement is not in the near future, then.
1: Yeah, not right now.
0: That's good, though. I mean, there's nothing wrong with staying busy. Can we ever truly leave this job?
1: No, not if you're in it for the right reason. I mean, um, go ahead. I yeah. want to hear
0: this. Tell me your perspective, yeah, so, please. So if you,
1: it, this, is, uh, this is a passion. Um, it, is a, uh, it is a life. It is not a job. Yeah. And uh, if you're in it for the job, then you're in it for the wrong reason.
0: And so, um, so when you talk about the passion, Chief, why do we fail sometimes to realize that before we open our mouths or when we open our mouths? Well,
1: you know, a lot of times – we think we're the center of the earth just because we have a passionate job and because we have a passion for the job doesn't mean that there aren't other factors and uh, other impacts that, uh, we need to worry about. And, you know, we, we you, you said it very well that, uh, you know, the community expects us to be uh, not only on the top of our game all the time, but during their worst moments, the community expects us to come and take care of their problems without bias, uh, without political agenda, um, you know, without uh, mal, malfeasance or malintent in any way. And, um, I, you know, when we were talking a little bit before you started, you used to be able to have conversations with your crew and your, your uh, uh, you know, other folks around the fire station. Uh, you sit around the kitchen table, you'd have a conversation, and that'd be the end of the conversation. Coffee talk. There's no such thing anymore uh, between phones, uh, video. I mean, think about how, how much power is in, in this little thing, mm-hmm. this, this little phone. We didn't have that when I was coming up, certainly. Um, So you could have those conversations and you could talk about, you could talk through things and get it all out and talk about it there at the kitchen table. That was part of developing your family of a crew. Yeah. Um, Today, people go to the internet. They, um, you know, they might sit at the kitchen table, but then they retreat to wherever they go and they're on the internet and they're talking to someone all the way around the world. And before you know it, there's this different aura and persona that takes over people. Uh, and I think we, they lose sight of who they, you know, what they were there for mm-hmm. and who they are. And that's to be a public servant who's there to serve the community. You you, so, t-
0: you talk about how quickly things can go viral. Okay. And, and it really, honestly, when you, when you think about this, take this in perspective, when you show up on a scene and say it's a vehicle accident, a medical call and, and, and we're trained not necessarily to pay attention to everything going on around. So we're supposed to keep an eye on our periphery, but have you ever sat there... And looked and looked at how many people had cameras out at one given time, and yeah. and they're they're filming you, documenting you. It's really quite scary because it's not just the media that controls the narrative anymore. It's the people who are utilizing that device that you held up a minute ago, and it's that yeah. narrative they create that sets the tone from that point forward. So no matter what you do after that video ends or before that video started, it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. It's when that camera is on that will dictate how you're perceived by the masses. And that's a scary feeling.
1: And we, you know, we tell, we certainly told recruits in Prince George's County. And I tell the new folks here uh, and the folks on the job, you should presume that everybody is recording you. Sure. That is not uh, um, anything other than reality. You should, you should act and react as though you're always on video. Of course. Uh, You know, if you remember that, then Sometimes I think some people that get into trouble for the things they say or do wouldn't. Yeah, but they lose. Sight of it. They, they go back into their cocoon and they think they're on their own and they're just not.
0: Well, and, and, and people don't pay attention. And I, I looked at it today. I was looking at just doing a simple search firefighter in trouble for uh, voicing opinion on social media. I mean, the pages were endless, obviously. I mean, the Google never lets you down. If you want information, they're going to give it to you. Google's going to give it to you. And let me tell you, between your home state of Baltimore, you know, Baltimore County firefighters getting, you know, ugly on social media, Texas firefighters, Florida firefighters, uh, pictures, statements, comments, you know, unethical behavior, it's everywhere. And it seems like there's no... There's no concept anymore of of ethics or at least professionalism. And again, you kind of hit on it very, very well. The moment we open up communications with the world, you see things from a different perspective. You see things from other people's points of view. You know, when you and I came up, and, and granted, I know that I'm a few years behind you, but we had flip phones, okay? In, in the early days of my career, they didn't have cameras. We, the internet was kind of there. I mean, AOL was popular when I graduating high school in the, in the nineties, mid nineties. And that was the first taste of talking to people outside of my community. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: And you know, it's, it's not all, it's, it's not all just an ethical discussion though. Um, You know, what the internet has done is uh, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. The internet has provided instant gratification. Absolutely. And the um, that self-control is what's really the issue and the, the ability to uh, Abraham Lincoln used to write letters and put them in a drawer mm-hmm. and he'd come back to him after he had calmed down. Mm-hmm. No harm, no foul in that case, because it was a piece of paper in a drawer. Nobody ever saw it. Nobody today. You write that same letter and it's in, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere forever. And there is no getting it back. Um, I can tell you numerous times in uh, the investigations of things that I've had to do over the years, the times that I've taken a screen capture of something Mm -hmm. that needed to be captured. Well, once I've captured it, it doesn't matter whether you delete it or uh, or think you deleted it. It's captured. Oh Yeah. So that self-control. I mean, that's really the issue is is the self-control. And then that manifests itself into over time people uh, are emboldened by that freedom to be able to say whatever they want and do whatever they want. And in the absence of a reaction to that or in the absence of consequences for that, they just get worse and worse and worse. And that's what the video had tried to drive home.
0: And that's why I hit on where are we failing as officers, as senior firefighters, as administrators to educate our people now? Uh, their departments are all across the country. I looked at some of them. I mean, my department is a social media policy, and it's typically the same—you know, it's the same verbiage across the line. I mean, you show behavior appropriate. You don't use social media online. You know, county equipment, et cetera, et cetera. Don't post images. HIPAA violations, preserving integrity. But you know, again, there's more to that. And and again, we're talking about that freedom. And 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 the message you gave was, yeah, you have freedom, but there's mm-hmm. consequence, and that's something that. The framers of the Constitution did not protect us from was the consequence of your words.
1: Right. They they uh, very aptly uh, crafted the right to the freedom of speech. Yeah. That was not the right to the freedom of consequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so You can say whatever the heck you want to say uh, to whomever you want to say it. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't, that you're not going to have to face consequences for that. And we've seen it, like you said, all over the country. We've seen it from the chiefs level down. And that's what we're missing what we're missing. And when you asked, what are we missing as organizations? We're missing that self demonstration. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have to be the ones that uh, set, we say in the chiefs, the officers, you know, we we have to set the tone. If the troops see us spouting off at every, uh, you know, every Tom Dick and Harry post that's out there and we're spouting off about how wrong it is or how right it is, or uh, you know, whether it's a Democrat or a Republican or a blue line or a red line or a whatever line, if, if we're encouraging that, um, I'll call it left or right talk, mm-hmm. then we're embo- emboldening those troops to say, well, if the chief can do it, I can do it. So, I, you know, I think we go back to the discussion you said in the beginning about the community's expectations. Um, you know, I live in a, currently I live in a pretty heavily Republican area. Sure. And from Georgia, I lived in a pretty heavily Democratic area. Sure, sure part of my success has been able has been able has been being able to navigate uh, those left and right political agendas because I'm not in it for the politics. I mean, I'm in in it because I'm, I I have that servant heart. I really believe that I have that servant heart and that uh, this is what I was uh, brought here to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that doesn't involve politics. So if we can convince our people to, Leave the politics at home and focus on your mission, which should only be about service. and That's half the battle.
0: And yet at the same time, you'll get the pushback because you'll have the the young clientele, the young crowd who was born into this this technology. And they'll say, well, but other people are saying it. So if it's okay for them to say it, how come I'm restricted? So let's take this back 40, 50 years. All right, let's talk about government employees and how many restrictions were imposed upon them, imposed upon them, just becoming a government worker. I mean, think about it. They were not allowed to publicly discuss, at some cases, who they were voting for. They were not allowed to have an opinion uh, on politics in general. They weren't allowed to run for office. They had to basically maintain neutrality. And yet, when we put our young people out there now, in this day and age— I mean, we've we've surpassed that. and Obviously, laws and rules have changed in some cases because we have a lot of politicians that are firefighters and still actively engaged and still running party lines for the good and the bad. Doesn't matter what your perspective is, but it is what it is. These young ones, they see it and they feel like you said emboldened and they want to get on there because like, man, this guy said something awesome. And I want to repost it for the world to see because I I share that ideology. And the moment they hit send and their chief gets wind of it because someone saw it. Oh, when you have yeah. to look at that person and say, you just cost yourself your job. Mm-hmm. That yeah, has to yeah. be something no fire chief wants to do.
1: No, no. You know, anybody, again, if if you're in it for that reason, if you're in it just to terminate people and get rid of people, then you're in it for the wrong reason. Sure. But uh, absolutely. The, the the consequences are rarely what the person hitting sin thinks about. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking about that instant gratification Um, I felt good, I got it off my chest.
0: You know, I, I, I bite my tongue often, and, and sometimes I, I say things on my page, and I, I, I share a lot of information, especially information that I think is pertinent to our community. You know, the, the events in Houston with their political agenda right now, I'm very passionate about because I, I, I love my Houston, I love all my brethren and, you know, firefighters, but Houston's got a lot of a lot of stuff going on right now, and I support them because they need a lot of help. And you then think about other areas that are impacted by financial woes. Talking to Chief Ludwig, we're looking at $16.9 billion You touched on that in a conversation earlier. We're scared. We should be scared in some aspects, but at the same time, we should also feel empowered to do the right thing. But then here I am sitting here with a platform. And like I said earlier to you, I'm very cautious about what I say. I I do my best not to cross that line because one, I'm representative of my department, regardless of being on duty or off duty. Okay. People know where I work. I don't hide it. I'm not afraid of it. I'm proud to be who I am. It's part of my struggle. you know? But at the same time, I don't want to misrepresent my department because I have an opinion and I want to stand for my beliefs at the same time. You know, my ethos matters, but I also understand that not everybody shares that same line or that same ethos that I have.
1: And you need, you, you really, so my challenge to everybody is you really need to remember having your own opinion, having your own uh, political platform, what, whatever it is, is that's on you. Yeah. Um, that's okay. When grandma Jones calls you, she should, she could care less what your political platform is. When she really needs you, she could care less whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, whether you're a Republican, whether you're a Democrat, or whether you believe in the blue line or the red line or any line. True. What she hears is that you show up and you do the right thing at the right time. Yep. That's what she cares about. Yep. And if you can't demonstrate the ability to do the right thing, when you're sitting at the kitchen table or in front of that computer, then how can she depend, how can I as a chief depend on you to do the right thing when all crap hits the fan oh, when yeah. chaos is surrounding you? So I think, you know, the, the, uh, the focus for me has got to be back on service. Okay. And again, grandma Jones doesn't care what your uh, political opinion is. And at the end of the day, you're only here to help grandma Jones. Mm-hmm. So, amen. I, no, I didn't. I, Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, if people could, if people could get the, um, we, we used to call it the Washington post test. Okay. Okay. In the DC area. You know, when you're getting ready to do something, think about what it would look like on the front page of the Washington post.
0: Oh, headline. Yeah.
1: And then when you're done thinking about what it would look like on the front page of the Washington post, think, what would your grandmother think about it when she picked up the Washington post and read it? mm mm-hmm. What's the same thing now, except it could be Google or Facebook or Instagram or whatever. What is either your chief or your grandmother or whoever it is that's important to you in your life? What would they really think about what you just posted? And will that make them happy? And will that be your legacy? What you just sent? Is that going to be your legacy? Is that what you want things to be about you know, that's on you. And that's where, you know, people have to uh, learn what's important to them and, and make their conscious choices and decisions. And as chiefs, we also have choices and decisions uh, that we need to make based on the actions of our people.
0: You know, and I've been following a lot of your posts. I mean, you do repost a lot of information as well, not just from, you know, Fire Rescue One, but you do share opinion. And And I wanted to, to, to put, you know, uh, uh, my understanding better into who you are because you put that message out and, and it was a good message. And I wanted to see how you conducted yourself and as far as a poster. And I got to be honest, you, you, you keep it objective. You keep it honest, but you don't, You don't insult people. You're not out there to insult people. I mean, there's nothing wrong with sharing fact, but it's sometimes when we get caught up in the moment, it's the rhetoric that can also destroy and tarnish our image as well, you know, because there's plenty of it out there. There's plenty of social media rhetoric out there that can do damage if you simply use that that intent to share and and do so, you know, and that can do more damage in some cases than your own words, you know?
1: Yeah. And, and the, uh, you know, my challenge is, uh, and I've written about it before the challenge of the chief and the challenge of the department is to keep the train on the track. Sure. 80% of the people are typically going to be on board that train with you. Mm-hmm. 10% are on the left and 10% are on the right, trying to derail you all day long. And your challenge, my challenge is to keep that train in the center of that track. So when I post things on on Facebook and I do post a lot. Oh yeah. Um, I do uh, some opinion but I do more just posting to get the information get the conversation started. But if conversation on one of those posts begins to drift really far left or really far right, I do everything I can to bring it back. Mm-hmm. I don't cuss on uh, on Facebook. Uh, in person's a whole different issue, but on Facebook I don't cuss, I don't uh, call people names. I'm not going to stoop to Uh, being a bully about uh, any of the the way I manage those posts, but I will try to pull people back to center and try to get them to focus on our mission of service or on um, the issue at hand as opposed to some peripheral issue. And there have only been a handful, but uh, at the end of the day, if people can't bring it back to center and want to keep going far left or far right, I'll delete the post Mm -hmm. because that's not what I'm about. I'm not about uh, fueling that fire of like I said, either the left or the right side. I'm about having dialogue and I'm about people having an honest look Um, at at what it is they're um, uh, typing and, and, you know, honest look at their performance and whether they really are doing what's right for grandma jones.
0: And it's scary though. It's so hard to have a moderate perspective this day and age because you're either one side leaning or the other side leaning and, and the people who walk the middle line that say, yeah, I see the value in one and I see the value in the other, but we can combine those values for the greater good. That doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. It's far gone, I think. And, and, and this is an opportunity. An opportunity for us as a culture, as a service, as a profession, as leaders to say, okay, this is a tumultuous time, a, a, a horrific time, horrendous time, and an exciting time at the same time in our, in our life, in our history. I mean, this is a defining moment in some cases, how our leaders are going to handle it above us and how our, you know, our citizens are going to handle it at the elections, you know, down the road. And that's entirely up to them how they want to go. But the bottom line is we have an opportunity to rise above it and not fall into it and become part of the negative systemic process that just keeps dragging people down and getting them in trouble every day on social media. This is an opportunity to rise above that, I think. And a call to arms in some cases by you with that message you put out there, it was short, sweet, to the point. It didn't... It wasn't, you know, you didn't exaggerate any point. You said, listen, say what you got to say, but remember, you're going to have to face the consequences. Again, reiterating that one point, and it's consequences, it's action. And guess what? Accountability, because if you put it out there, there's nothing to say that you you have to apologize if you feel the need to obviously you can you have to be accountable for your words if it's bad enough where you have to apologize you should you should never disown your words you should apologize you should understand sometimes you can cross the line and again going back to Abraham Lincoln and just like several chiefs have taught me in the past when you get mad and you write that email and you're ready to send well it's not just going to that end user it's going to be a public record forever and so yeah. for, don't forget about that as well you know that angry email will follow you for the rest of your life. Cause it doesn't yeah, and, just disappear.
1: And, you know, you said an interesting thing there about public records. Uh, you know, there's reasons that departments, uh, make policies that say you cannot, you know, no social media on duty and certainly yeah. not on a, on a, on a, uh, county computer. Mm-hmm. If you're on the county system or a city system and you're on Facebook, Everything you're doing is public record at that point. Oh, wow. If you're on duty on one of those systems, that's public record. So, you know, the um, now granted Facebook's public anyways. Sure. But if you think you're private with the way you're doing things, uh, once you go onto that, uh, that network system, it's all public record. And don't think that someone hasn't captured it already.
0: Oh, absolutely. So I'll go
1: back to the the Washington Post test and your grandma test. And, you know, is she going to be happy reading the front page tomorrow morning?
0: Well, we're going to end it there because I think we hit some good points and I really do want you to be able to to rest. I know you got a big morning coming up because you got to get to the gym at 3.30 in the morning. You've got Absolutely. routines going here every morning, Absolutely. my friend. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, Chief, I want to thank you for coming on today. I know uh, we kept this short and sweet and we should have another dialogue down the road and expand on this because I think we hit the finer points of how we need to conduct ourselves and how we should control our our language and our feelings sometimes on in all times, really on social media. And it was a good, a good learning lesson, I think. So thanks again for coming on. And thanks again for sharing your work and sharing your perspective.
1: Thanks, Jason. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. All right, guys. So that being said, as always, keep your head on a swivel. Look out for each other. Uh, Don't be afraid to make decisions. Indecision is the evil. Okay, you got to make a good or a bad decision. Sometimes the bad decision leads to the better decision. So on that note, take care of each other. God bless. And we'll definitely catch you on the next one. You just survived 30 minutes of online training with the Can Man Radio Show. Did you remember to train your probie today? The Can Man knows. He knows everything. When that 2 a.m. lift assist drops, the Can Man will be thinking of you in his dreams thanks for listening to the show guys and if you want to look for more content out there from some great firefighters on some awesome podcasts go check out some of my friends starting with my good friend steve green from the five alarm task force and my good buddy rob polick from flow invent the down to fight fire podcast out of british columbia canada a eh? SA matters with dr richard gassaway my good friend ryan pennington from west virginia with jump seat radio and that jump seat radio nation Pin the Q, Code 3, Do Work, The Thin Red Line with my brother, Captain John Haywick out of Passaic as well, The Fire Rescue Show, The Average Jake Firefighter, and of course, John Spira and the Fit to Fight Fire podcast. Go check these brothers out as they put great content out there and they're going to appreciate your support. See you on the next one.